Welcome back to a brand new pod. This is season three. Open review. Yes. Open summary. Josh's experience, my experience at the Open, and this is episode 25. Now, we are starting with one hell of a story. Yes, and just word of warning for dramatic bets in this story, there's going to be a few swear words because this is how it went down and it was really funny. <laughs> so if you've got kids in the car, listen to this after they're not in the car yeah, anymore. Just skip Fast about forward a about a minute and a half because um, this chop of the week goes to a good friend of mine, Dave Duffy. And I'm giving him full name there because he deserves full name there. <laughs> so we're all excited we arrive at our corporate parking what time did you get there early about uh, 7 45 i got there so what time do you leave home then about seven o'clock so um arrived at the parking which was just a field um nothing extra special corporate about it i saw the dream really told that the buses would be nicer it was just a stagecoach um so anyway but was it a leather seated stage coach? it was not okay it's not a story um, so we Get on the bus, me, Dave, and Andy. Um, we're buzzing. We're on our way to the final day of the Open. We've got corporate tickets. We've got seats on 18, which turned out to be front row. Cheers. Um, and then we it's an eight-minute journey to, the, to the, the course. Six minutes in, Dave goes to me, Oh, <laughs> Josh, I've, uh, I've left my phone in the car. You'll have to take all the pictures. And I went, what are you on about, your dick? Your ticket's on your phone. And he went, fuck! Like, oh, there's a full bus. <laughs> fuck! So, we, bear in mind, it's an eight-minute journey. We're six minutes into it. So, we get to the course. The bus empties. Dave has to go to the driver and say, oh, mate, I'm coming back with you. Uh, I left my ticket, left my phone in the car. So, Dave, Dave we've, I've got a picture that I'll send to you. And we'll stick it on. Wait, um, you sent it to me. I've, I've seen it. We'll put it on. We'll stick it on we'll back on, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Basically, Dave was then on the bus on his own. It, and to be fair, one of the pictures that we took, it looked like proud parents sending the kid to school on the <laughs> bus. Um, so he had to go back. And actually, he's chop of the week, not only for forgetting his phone, but we then went into the open and we went in at gate seven, which was on hall three. So obviously internal out of bounds. Uh, third group longs, Bryson DeChambeau. What he'd been doing all week was basically hitting driver because he knew that if he missed it, it'd be left, and he's hitting it into the HSBC tent. So he gets a free drop from the tent. So Bryson comes along, hits driver, hits the tent, gets a free drop, and I was he was literally stood directly in front of me. Um, and the I've got, video again, got the video for that. We've already put it on back nine, so it's already yeah. on there. If you're listening to the pod, um, I actually re-put it up for the day this podcast goes up. Um, and literally, Josh is... I think you, you could have touched him if you wanted to. Yeah, honestly, I was like directly behind him, saw him do the drop, saw the conversation with his caddy, um, and Dave missed all of that. <laughs> because he left his ticket in the car. So, Dave, you are chopper, mate. But also, so we're inside having some lunch. Yep. Dave lends, Dave and Andy lend me and Emma tickets just so we can get in this oh, God, seat, yeah. seated area inside. We'd all, me and Emma already had tickets to get inside the seated area, yeah. and there's like another seating area inside that. So we, we jibbed our, to sit together, basically. We jibbed our way in. Yep. Um, using their tickets and uh, we all went out thinking I can watch a bit more of golf we'll go go to basically we parked ourselves on 15th tee because yeah. you can see 14 and 17th green um, and we're outside like where's Dave calls Josh 
can't find my ticket. Has yeah. Alex got my ticket? Has Alex got my ticket? And I'm panicking, thinking, I'm like, no, I definitely gave it yeah. him back. Definitely. Yeah. And I can like recall it because like, Andy, I gave you yours and I passed it. I said, Josh, I passed it him across the yeah. table. And I saw you. I said, do that. he put it in his hat. And I don't know what he did with it. Yeah. There. And I said to him, mate, it'll be in your pocket. It'll be, in... it's not in my pocket. It's not in my pocket. Obviously, stress. I'm absolutely flapping. I then have to queue to get back in, get back in. And that literally, as I walked towards him, he patted his pocket and he found it. I was like, you, what is wrong with you, man? So, yeah, double chopper. I forgot about that. I mean, <laughs> honestly, and then I obviously didn't let him lift that down because, no. I, I mean, Part of me did have a bit of squeaky bum time, though. I'm not going to lie. I bet I was you thinking, did, yeah. I bet you did. You've just lost his front row seat, seat on 18. But he would have been able to get it back. He would have just well, got another ticket. You don't know. Because surely it's done on name and it is done on name. email. So. It is done on name. No bother. Okay, Josh, give me an overall opinion. I mean, there's probably an unpopular opinion that it wasn't a very popular winner. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you rate your like whole experience? So, for example, the corporate sort of, forget yeah. the parking, parking's parking. Yeah, but yeah. But turning up, being able to go inside when it's raining, and then you're seeing yeah. the last. Fast track entrance as well. Yeah, I, did, I had oh. that. Don't worry about it, mate. Skip the queues. Um, no, it was it was unbelievable. Honestly, it was amazing. the The hospitality tent was actually a godsend because we had a little bit of a break from the rain, got a bit of food. Um, was your pie like? It was nice actually. Lovely, lovely food. Um, but it was more the fact of of having that somewhere to go and they had the golf on in there so mm. i mean i imagine a lot of people would have just been in there all day yeah mate. but that wasn't for me i wanted to be out there yes it was peeing it down but i think it's always and if you've never been to a golf tournament before i mean um my wife she came with us and she'd never been to a tournament before she couldn't get over how little you could see yeah but then obviously how good it was when you did see them mm. you sort of really appreciate how good they are um I would always say your first time you go, it probably is a little bit of an anticlimax. One hundred percent, and and purely because, and I and I said this to Dave, because um, he'd been to the practice day Sunday before. I said it'd be very very different. Like you won't see, it's hard, golf is hard to watch in person, purely because depending on where you stood, you're not seeing where the ball's finished. And they're like sixty sixty five thousand a day there. Yeah, like it was it was busy busy, but we we got very very lucky. I think. Where we decided to plonk ourselves on 15, we did have a walk around, but where we decided to, to, to stand there was, was brilliant. Yeah, it was absolutely spot on. And also, I, I would say, as a viewing course, Royal Liverpool's great. Yeah. In the sense of the own terrain of the golf course, so you, where, where we sort of on the high points, there was lots of them. Mm-hmm. But also, the way they decided to put the grandstands, you had standing grandstands, yeah. then you had seated ones, you had grandstands where you could see, like, for example, fourth tee, third green. Yeah. You also had on the corner where you could see fourth tee, third green, and you didn't have to go in a grandstand. You had the grandstand on 17, one behind the tee, one to the right of the tee, obviously 18, the lovely horseshoe. Yeah. I really think they did a brilliant job of maximising spectator experience in terms of like, what you could see, where you could go. I mean, arguably, even better than 18, because 18, you had to watch it on the road on the right-hand side. On yeah. the left-hand side, you had to watch it from the other side of the first fairway, mm-hmm. and there's only one grandstand behind the back of the green. Yeah, like, well, I, wrapped around, is not it? I know they were big, I know they were mega, but the whole cauldron sort of effect yeah. felt, I'm not going to say better than the 150th Open at St. Andrews, but I really think Royal Liverpool, the RNA did an unreal job of just creating... I mean, obviously, the golf course helps at the natural terrain, but what they complemented the natural terrain with yeah. the grandstand was mega. Yeah, it was it was great. And um, it was one of them where it's... If you're in the right place 
I think watching golf in person, you've got to be in the right place at the right time, which we were a couple of times. Mm. I was a couple of times yesterday. Um, but I think it's one of them where if you want to follow a group, go ahead and do that. But you're not going to see as much golf as I think you think you're going to see because you're basically scrambling to get in this position. Whereas if you can watch a bit walking around, but then stick yourself in, in a good spot, that's that, then you're laughing, aren't you? But I think it was brilliant. The event was brilliant. My seat on 18 was mega. I was extremely wet, like different levels of wet, but it was... Literally a big coat on there, mate. I did have a big coat on, and that big coat is still soaking wet. Distinct? Uh, no, the coat doesn't, know. Not damp? Not damp. It's drying, isn't it? So it is, technically it is damp, yeah, but it doesn't smell. Okay, just, just checking for me. So... For Brian, those that don't know, if you didn't, where have you been? Brian Harmon won. He walked over the win and 13 under par and he won by six shots. He's now moved up and I think this is mad. And we've done a video on this, uh, or part of a video on this, it, that he's now number 10 in the world. I can't believe that. I didn't even know he was. I didn't know he finished tied sick last year at the Open. Yeah. And he was, so he's moved up from 47th, it was his high last year, and he's now top 10. So that's putting him above the likes of Wyndham Clark, who's not, I think he's now 11. Um, obviously, he's above the likes of Justin Thomas. Cameron Smith. Cameron, no, Cameron Smith's eight. Uh, Max Home has moved up to seven, though. Um, and it's just, A, it puts him in a great position for the Ryder Cup. He's going to be in that team. He's got to be in that team. I mean, um, how can you not have a champion golf of the year in that team? Exactly. And it's one of them where he's almost snuck up on us. I think I don't think anyone saw him as a top ten. I think that sort of summarises his game, though. Yeah, 100%. I feel like his game is pretty much like a sneaky little assassin. Yeah, he's no, not. A, he's not a no pun there, but like yeah. you, you, I, I can say that because I'm sure you put him. <laughs> you put him next to the likes of Brooks Koepka. Oh, um, that guy, Scotty Scheffler, Dustin Johnson. Like yeah. you look at I me. Mean, look at the big hitters this year that have won the majors. John Ram. Brooks yeah. and Wyndham Clark, all big guys. Big guys, um, hit it long. Whereas, he's like a little silent assassin. Yeah, and, and we're not saying by any stretch of the imagination that he's short with his drives. And Just it, shorter than them, though. But yeah, sure. like... He's, Ball speed was like five, ten miles an hour less. Exactly, and he's in essence picked that golf course apart, and it was impressive. It was mm. really impressive. Um, what I don't think was impressive was his pre-shot routine. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> Look more fidgety, and I thought sort of felt throughout the week it was probably going to get a little more fidgety, a little more fidgety, a little well, more fidgety. Like the amount of waggles, I think he averages around 13 waggles. 30 is really 13. What they class as a waggle? Well, mate, when he stands over the ball and he waggles the club back and looks at the old and then waggles it back and looks at the old 13. But are times. they counting one being the club, two looking no, target does it at the same time, like that? Yeah. Mate, honestly, it, at one point I thought, has he got the yips here? Like, NBC put a waggle count on it. And I don't know whether this is legit, but I saw on Twitter. Definitely, so, wasn't no, it? Right. Definitely M someone M taking the piss. NBC, it showed the waggle count at 13. It showed then the number of waggles for the tournament. And then it showed a stat that was number of waggles in time. And it was like the amount of time that he spent waggling in the tournament, you could have watched The Godfather 2 which is like three and a half hours. Not having that. <laughs> um, someone's taking the piss there. But Someone well did, and truly They did is actually put a waggle counter on NBC. They were counting the number of waggles. So, um, yeah. So how many waggles average? 13? 13. 
And he did eight, something like average eight with his putter. So go go on tomorrow, right? When you play tomorrow, <laughs> try and take thirty waggles. Just think about it. Don't actually do it, but when you're warming up, stand there and take thirty waggles. Hey, Make you feel like an eternity yeah, over the ball. It's a long. I'm for me, as a golfer, I like to think I'm reasonably quick. When I get over the ball, I just want yeah. to hit it. I'm arguably too quick sometimes. I think yeah. I should maybe take a bit more time and go. Yeah, you know what? Right. Rather than I'm just like sell yourself. Club down, boom, bang, whack, yeah. go. And that, and that's I guess I don't know whether I've got that for, from playing with you, but mm. I'm I'm a quicker golfer, as it yeah. I would say. I mean, no, anyway. no, yeah. Um, you but, don't like Carl Plunkett. <laughs> that's, that is calling someone out. Carl, wow. Carl loves a little rock back. Carl's a Brian Armand of the world. <laughs> rock back. <laughs> I rock forward. He's got a similar hairline. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I can say it. You better hope you don't listen I to I can this. say it because I know he's not going to listen. <laughs> um, Unless this gets back to him somehow. I won't tell him. Love you, Carl. <laughs> um, like, I think there is... It, you've, you've thrown me off with that. What was I saying? Speed of play. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a, a, a quite a quick golfer. So for me, that would become mightily annoying. But I honestly think there's a happy medium between that. I think I'm too quick. Yeah, yeah. And uh, look, it's what works what for the person. What if it's on the clock? Because you notice, we found out that throughout the week, on the weekend, every group had a referee. Yeah. So obviously, even if he was taking 13 waggles, he's not going too slow. No. It's a hell of an operation, that, by the way. Every group had a referee. Every group obviously has a someone carrying um, their scores for that group. Every group has someone raking. Every yeah. group had um shot shot tracer. Yeah. In terms of like logging for the app so you can yeah. see exactly where each place is. No, I don't know it. if that was done by group or by hole. So every hole had someone on doing that on the fairway. No, no, a group group. Are you sure? The guy because... walking down with the group with the iPad. He's not gonna walk down there, then have to walk back to the TZ. Well, when I was... Because the only thing is when I was on in between fifteen and sixteen, the guy was stood near me and he was like walking out, checking the balls and coming back. So he was like his. It was almost like his job was fifteenth fairway. Oh right, just saying you had fifteenth green, fifteenth yeah. fairway, yeah. Yeah. and you can e log down the driver, did he? Yeah, like it was some operation, honestly. Because mm. seven thousand volunteers, on, you know. When we were on fifteen and Louis Oosthuizen was in front of us, mm. the guy walked from the other side of the fairway to mark where his ball was. Yes, you're very right. Actually, yeah. you're very true. He wouldn't be up with the group. No, was. yeah, yeah, you're very. So obviously, true. it. I think I understand what you're saying. If he was with the group, but then he's got to basically get past them to mark it to then not slow them down. Yeah, you're right. I think you're right. I but am, you know, I'm right. They had seven thousand over seven thousand volunteers for the week. It's impressive, and I know I know at least one person that was a, a marshal there. All, all right. this Hugo Boss gear. Yeah, I know one as well. Oh. I know two actually. Oh wow, you're hard. I know three. <laughs> Hugo Boss gear was nice, to be fair. It did though. look nice. Very nice. So very nice. if you've never been to the open, basically all the volunteers got kitted out in the official merch. Yeah. So they all had Hugo Boss hats, Hugo Boss basically upper halves. Mm. Um not allowed brollies though. Mad. No, and that's mad that's they basically got to stand there, get absolutely, absolutely soaking wet. And like I understand on fairways maybe not having a brolly because it's Line of sight. Yeah. But on a tee box, you'd have thought they'd be able to have a brolly. But it's the noise, isn't it? Did you not notice? Yeah, but mate, everyone has brollies up. Uh, you don't notice the referee, though, on the 15th tee. He was called Kev, that referee, by the way, just let you know. Um, <laughs> he took his brolly down. Oh, did he? But you'd argue that if a, if a player's going to kick off that, they're not going to ask everyone to take the brolly down, are they? Oh, and sorry, you've got to take your coat off because your coat's making too much noise. And now, actually, 
your shoes, they're leather and I can hear them. Right, so okay. they're going to have to come off. I get your point. End Do you know what I mean? End of conversation. Okay. <laughs> just saying. I so, was just thinking of an idea of why. Or maybe because it wasn't... Oh, come get more Hugo Boss ones. I think it's more of a... Like we said, it's, it's probably something like that. You're probably not wrong, but that would be my answer too. That would be well... It's too noisy. All that, right? Yeah. Um, so... But yeah, it was it was mega. But what I do want to talk about before we move on from Brian Harmon was the this is a bit of a crazy start. Bit of a it was written in the stars, Jobby. So the last two champions at Holy Lake, who are Tiger Woods and Roy McIlroy, correct? It's written on the sheet. Um, I, had a, I generally <laughs> didn't see that. I knew that anyway. I know you did. Tiger Woods didn't use a driver the whole week and avoided every bunker. Well done. Rory won it in the rain, and Ricky Fowler came second. Yes, he did. He had so actually his last second to last major because he won the PJ Championship the week after because they used to be played the other way around. Really, the week after? Oh no! Well, I mean the week as in the, the oh. next major. Really, is it the other way around? No way! Didn't know that. There you go. Anyway, and you do all the research. I do all the research. Yeah, that was before my time. Um, so the last two champions at Holy Lake, Tiger and Rory, had 132 shots through 36 holes. This is where it was written in the stars. Because Brian Harmon had exactly the same mm. written in the stars for the. I mean, his second round on Friday was mightily, mighty impressive. That's the round that won it for him. Was it the Was it the Friday? Yeah. It was the Friday, wasn't it? The, the, the... Yeah, because then I said I think Saturday he would sort of fall back, and he didn't. He stayed where he was. I think he fact shot two under or something, maybe on the on the Saturday. Yes, he did. Didn't and he? then I'm like, he right, was ten, well, and then went to twelve. 12 and yeah. then it was like, well. He's probably going to win now, and for sure he did. He won on 12, he shoot 12 winning score. Yeah. I'm going to go with a bit of an unpopular opinion here before we... It sort of links into what we're going to move on to. My unpopular opinion is the whole ending and him winning it, and I don't mean this in like a derogatory way to him, but it was anticlimactic. The prize presentation was like, oh, the winner is Brian Harmon. <laughs> Dumb. Yeah. Like, I know putting, it was obviously absolutely pissing down, oh, so that probably added to the fact like, that it was going to get done yeah. sharpish. Yeah, but like it was anticlimactic in the sense of I think everyone was expecting the big big names to come through. Everyone expecting McIlroy to make a move. But arguably Rams now he's tenth in the world. He's a big name. Exactly, that's the thing. But everyone was expecting your Rams, your McIlroy, your Schefflers, your Kepkas to be there, and they weren't. They were nowhere near. Started too no, far back. In, I mean, in the, in the whole weekend, yeah. they were, no one could touch him. And especially from Friday onwards and I just think that he was unbelievable and taking nothing away from him but I think everyone wanted that drama was hoping that Fleetwood might come through local lad do you know what I mean and it just didn't happen he was just so steady you all heard all the way around it come on Tommy lad come on Tommy lad the best right the best comment from the crowd there's a lot of comments from the crowd I mean, this weekend I mean you got a bit of a context to this the best comment right so so okay top, Roy McIlroy is wearing an all brown waterproof set yeah that to be fair set. it looks uh, looks like a turd <laughs> turd colour like a yeah I wouldn't know I wouldn't camel colour brown it's like camel. camel yeah and so this lad this scouse lad um, who's behind us on the 15th Roy hits his drive bombs it down the middle and this scouse lad is walking off goes Stick that harmony in the bin, lad. And then his mate stands next to him and goes, Yeah, along with that tracky mate. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely brilliant. I mean, honestly, and the I whole crowd was around absolutely was absolutely I, I wish I could have seen Rory's face giving it that. 
Yeah, honestly, it was the timing was perfect. His what do you reckon like, that Stick that Brian Armour in the bin, lad. And with that tracky, with that tracky, mate. <laughs> what do you reckon to it? Well, he's obviously been told to wear it. Would it? you have worn it? If it's free, I wear anything. <laughs> Even if you look like a camel, mate. Vic Hovland. What did Vic Hovland say when when asked about his uh, funky Jalingberg clobber? He said. They pay me to wear it, mate. He looked pretty funky all week as well, to be fair, didn't he? He uh, yeah. had a few bright numbers on, blue numbers, um, that sort of jumper faded into the same colour trousers. Yeah. So, to answer your question, yes. Fair. Um, so, Ram, Kim, Day and Stracker got closest to Bahaman on seven under par. Um, and I think throughout the day, like... Harmon dropped a few shots and Ram made a birdie and we thought, oh, here Do you think if the weather said, was different, right? Do you think if the weather was different, he would have been caught? I think, yeah, because obviously the longer hitters then become even longer hitters, don't they? Um, I think bad weather, this is my opinion on this, bad weather equalises the field in yeah. the sense of it becomes more of a war of attrition, stay in there, yeah. not shoot low. And obviously the heavier air, the ball tends to go shorter. But I think the guys who hit it a long way are more penalised with that. I know it sounds stupid because everybody everybody's going to hit it shorter. But what I mean is, like, when it's wet, the long hitters are less likely to hit driver where they would hit driver might hit an iron. But yeah, no. so it sort of it sort of lessens your advantage. Yeah, and it becomes more of right. Let's hang in here. Yeah, let's make some pars. Whereas, okay, Brian Harmon on the Friday was like low. Yeah, and, no. it, and it becomes it became one of them where it was like you said, like it's who deals with this best as opposed to who plays the best golf. And obviously those two come hand in hand, but you know what we're saying in the sense of he dealt with the conditions better than others. Mm. Um, he made important puts. He played the shots that he needed to play. And I think that, it, but you're not, you got to think as well, in, in the conditions that we had, you're not just contending with the course, You've got wet grips. You've got yeah. you've got water on the ball. Like how many times we see on that fifteenth tee, the caddy stood over the ball trying to keep the ball dry. Water on the club face. These are all things that play into how that ball reacts and and where it goes in essence. Mm. And I think that it was, it was like you said, a war of attrition. It was staying power, and that's what he had. But saying that, he also, and, and again, if you look at it from another sport cricketing terms he was in the position to do that everyone else was chasing him mm. i.e we look at the, the cricket over the weekend the aussies have retained the ashes because they put themselves in that position to okay the the weather's terrible we're not all out oh what a shame we can't play game over we, we retain the ashes he was in that he was had that lead he was ready to just go and stay there yeah yeah and, and i think it where we saw with the masters where Brooks Kepka said, I didn't attack the golf course. The others had to attack the golf course. He just had to play smart. Yeah, Whereas I also think the weather made it that he could. no one else could attack the golf course. 100%. And it played more into well, steady. Well, one under for the day. It was not a big score. No one shot no. a big score on the day. Um, but yeah, so... I think it was one of... The, it, it was a weird, We'll talk about... I've got, I've got weather conditions and course set up down here. And talk about the weather conditions because it wasn't your traditional lynx weather like it was raining it wasn't really windy was it but it was flat calm yeah we didn't really have any rain i was there on the wednesday no real sorry wind no real wind on the wednesday 
Thursday, I wasn't there. Friday, again, I was there, and nobody will win. No, sorry. On TV, I watched Friday, but nobody will win. Saturday was there. No real win. Yeah, it was It was not as you would expect. Like, it was flat calm. Yeah, it was absolutely teeming down at points, but it but was... They always say it's easier for these guys to play in the wind. These guys are... Sorry, these guys would rather play in the rain than the wind. Yeah, of because, course, yeah, yeah. Because the rain... I mean, you see how many gloves Brian Harmon had on his oh, probably. Yeah. Um, he must have had about twenty-five gloves. Just got to keep stuff dry. Like you take loads of towels out. It's the caddy's job to do that. Whereas the wind, you get a gust, it changes. You take the seventeenth. That's windy. It becomes a totally different beast than what it was. The only the, the only people yesterday that would have had a chance if they were closer. So if the field was bunched up, as it were, mm. and the guys that went out first they would have had a chance because it was flat calm and not really raining until about 15 for them. So you like to Scheffler, Kepka. If, if that field was bunched up, those first groups would have been in, in prime Set position. Set more of a target. Yeah. yeah. But he was just so far ahead and it's all credit to him. Like, brilliant. And I think like there was the, the comment about the Stones. You've not got the Stones to do it and this and that. And that just spurred him on. I think it, it, it was a bit of a weird atmosphere, really. Um, it was the it was the most tribal I've ever seen a golf tournament. So strange. In the sense of everybody was obviously rooting for Tommy. Um, yeah. But usually you don't want really to have a local lad there. Do you? I mean, you had no. two, Matthew Jordan and Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah. So I, I get it. And actually, I think it's good for golf. Yeah. Because yeah. we never have that, not hostility, I'm not saying that, but... But it was almost like that, though. It was a little bit, I guess. But what I'm trying to say is it... it it made it a little bit more feisty in, yeah. in a sense, which was good. Okay, so we had other good performances though, Josh. Alex yeah. Fitzpatrick. Mega. Jordan Smith. Fleetwood was okay performance. A little disappointing toward the, the end. end. Yeah. Um, but the performance that I think was the best, just mentioned him before, Matthew Jordan. I think yeah. the pressure going into that, he finished tied 10th. So the, good. The pressure going into that event of one, he came through final qualifying. Yeah. Then to tee up in your home open, hit the opening tee shot and shoot two under first day and be well, leading the open for majority of it, apart mm. from Lampachet um, came through and shot minus five first day, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Um, weird swing in itself. Mad. Um, different story. Uh, and but, about seven million yeah, foot tall. I just think what a performance by him. It's It was so good to see a young lad under the utmost pressure actually perform and actually do decent. So for me, I know he didn't win, Tied tenth, he's guaranteed the open next year. That was performance for me. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. I think it was. He was great. The atmosphere on eighteen was amazing when he came up. He was really taking the crowd in and um, basically making the most of the moment. And he held his put for birdie as well, so it made it even better. But I just think others to look out for. Alex Fitzpatrick was mm. class to beat his brother as well. Um, his brother obviously finished over par. He finished two under, I think. And he picked up a handsome sum there. Yeah. Um, Go on, Josh. What do you reckon he picked up? God, no, he's testing me. Well, three million was the win, wasn't it? Yeah. And the the purse was what sixteen million. So I'm gonna say. Go on. I got it here. Hundred grand. Hundred sixty-eight thousand. Bloody hell! Way off. Way off. So um, that moves him up at official world ranking, 341st, and race to Dubai ranking, 158th. I mean, he's got a long way to go to secure a card this year on the um, DP World Tour, 
But one thing I would say is it's going to go along. I think I think from what you're going to see, he's playing mainly Challenge Tour, and he'll you'll probably get some more invites now. Yeah, he's obviously guaranteed. I think he might be guaranteed as well to sort of tee up there next year. Are we going to have a Venus and Serena situation? Well, I was saying this yesterday to you. Could it be that Matt Fitzpatrick, obviously being unbelievable, so was Serena, mm-hmm. but Venus came through. No, Venus. So Venus, sorry, and Serena came through the younger mm-hmm. one. I'm going to say I wouldn't be surprised. He looks the real deal. I think he's already shown that he can deal with the pressure of having a brother who is big time. Yeah. Obviously, he's already won a US Open. Can he do that? I mean, only time will tell. But, I mean, to perform like that in your first major, it's pretty damn impressive. I mean, to qualify the way he did and then do that, yeah. a fair, fair play. Okay, Josh, 17th was a controversial hole this week. Yeah, big talking A point. lot of people have been slagging it off. A lot of people didn't like it. The likes of um, Pete Cowan. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick's um, caddy, Billy Foster didn't like it. Who's Matt Fitzpatrick's caddy? Um, a lot of the members don't like it. I mean, they're all saying it takes 20 to 30 minutes to play. We've got backlog. Ladies are in ring. Um, what was your opinion on it? I actually think it was a mega hole, real risk and reward. It created drama from the where I could see with the, the cauldron they created with the grandstand. You had like an ability to see the iron shot see the shot land, the bunker shot, the chip shot, and then the putt, the grandstand up by the green. I think it is in a mega hole, absolute mega hole, especially when you go along when you got the man-made bunker, you got the sort of the, uh, not man-made bunker, um, oh, what do you call it? Sort of rusticy bunker, sort of bunker from just the land. That's what I think made the hole, and the way they sort of had the prune bit at the front, the sort of natural bit at the back. I'm going to say I was all for it, but What's your opinion? I agree. I, I think it was great entertainment. Yes, there's jeopardy there. Yes, it's a card ruiner. But that's what golf needs. Sawgrass 17, we said it last week. Sawgrass 17, 12 for Augusta. Golf courses need these holes. And yet, can it ruin around? Can it? Could it have lost Brian Harmon? It didn't, though, did it? Yeah, it could, but it didn't. Yeah, and, and everybody's saying they need to change it. And actually, apparently, the wheels are already in motion to change it. So the proposed changes, I'm potentially going to say it's probably come... It, these proposed changes were maybe thought about, but are being enhanced talks because of what the players have said in the feedback. So the idea is to level the tee and higher the tee so it's level with the green. Also make the green bigger and not as much of a drop-off on the right-hand side and at the front. So essentially, make it a easier hole. Now, I disagree with this. I think, yes, okay, the bunker's tough at the front. It's a small landing area. But at the end of the day, it measures an average of 136 yards. It's not long. It's it's a wedge. I mean, most of them here like 52 in there. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's it, The complaints are that there's no safe space to land it. There's no safe shot there. Mm. And... I understand it. I understand it more for the members. I understand it more for the non-pro golfers. Mm. But everyone's playing the same golf course. Yeah, but what they should do is they should make a separate tee to the left, which is a lot higher. Yeah. Then you have the look of the green being a little bit level. You can then cover it up with the grandstand when it comes around again in 10 years' time. And the argument is that you play, it's a week a, a week a year every 10 years, yeah. roughly. Yeah. Um. So uh, I'm just disappointed. I hope I get to play it before they change 17. I don't agree with Pete Cowan. I don't agree with um, Billy Foster. But equally, we haven't played it. They have. They've seen it. I think it just 
gives double jeopardy in the sense of even if, like, for example, Brian Harmon, three-shot lead or even four-shot lead, maybe five-shot lead going to that hole, he still wasn't safe no. until he got through that hole and got through 18th tee shot, and then he was safe. Yeah. But arguably, for a spectator sport, they've changed the way the whole course plays, and that was 17. That's not 17 for the members, but 17 for the tournament. I really uh, hope they think long and hard about changing it. I think it's great. I think if they can do anything, just make it a bit shorter. Yeah. So you still don't have to remove the green, just mow it a little bit shorter, create a bit more of a tee, which makes it 100 yards. And that, for me, would be the way around keeping the look, the style, the whole, personally. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. Right, let's talk briefly because about John Rahm because he actually made history. He became the first player to break 75 in an open at Hoylake with his third round 65. 65, you mean? That was said, break 65. 75, I think so. Did I? I think so. so sorry, maybe I'll do that again. He maybe, became maybe he did. The first player to break 65 in an open at Hoylake with his third round of 63. So he had two birds on the front nine, and then he started birdie, 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 back nine, and then had another three as well, so six on the back nine. Very, very impressive. Something that is not so impressive, mind. Well, I guess, arguably, because it is quite impressive, some of his finishing here. But let's talk Roy McIlroy, because this was the one. This was it. He was going to come back nine years later and win it, and he didn't. But, so interestingly, since his last win, so he last won the Open, he won the Open and the PJ in 2014. Mm. He's since then, did he not play the year after in the Open? By the look of it, no. Might be injured, maybe, I don't know. No, so he, he finished fourth in the Masters, tied ninth in the US Open, didn't play the Open, and then I think seventh is the, the graphic called his head. This is his best finish in the Open since then. No, last year he finished right. Sorry, no, that's the PGA. I'm looking at the bloody PGA Championship. What a donut. So he finished first, then tied fifth, tied fourth, tied second, caught NT. What would NT be? No. No tournament? No tournament. Ah, 2020. COVID. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, moving on. Tied 46th, third last year, and tied sixth. This year, he's, fin- he's missed the cut at the Masters, second in the US Open, tied sixth in the Open, and tied seventh at the PGA Championship. Impressive year. It's an impressive year. Like, but Will he ever get the W again at a major? He's got to. He's got to. Masters next year, Rory... You're going to do it, mate. I say it every year, but you're going to do it. You are a real big Rory fan, aren't you? Real big Rory fan. Everyone is. Right. Before we move on to a little bit of tech talk and wrap up this podcast, a a bit of a test for you, Right, hit me with a test. Aggregate scores at the 2023 majors by players who made the cut. Now, Who's winning? Yeah. Who's winning? Aggregate scores by players that made the cut. Well, okay, first, Scotty Scheffler. Correct. What do you reckon he is? Minus thirty six. No, whoa, whoa, half it. Fifteen. Eighteen. Eighteen. That's half it. Yeah. Well done, Alex. <laughs> um, second. See if you can get top um, three. I don't think you get this one. Let me think long and hard about this. Till Hatton. Incorrect. Victor Hovland. Two shots behind. Sixteen under. Third. Till Hatton? No, John Rahm. Yeah. <laughs> I suckered you in there with the look. Yeah, he did. 15 under par. You've then got Kepka, Schofle, Cantley, Fleetwood, Smith, 
Matsuyama, Reed, Hatton, and Ryan Fox. I want a bad shout then. So uh, when, Mats- you, when actually, you said Matsuyama. like under the radar, I thought mm, you weren't expecting it. maybe Hatton. Mm. Bit Hovland. So interesting that only twelve players have made the cut in every, in every major. Very very interesting little stat. That, that is seriously impressive to make every cut in a major this year. Yeah. All in all, bit of a wrap up. Unbelievable experience. We had. Row A. Would you do it again? Seats. Yes, I would do it again. We need to go in the ballot, mega. by the way. I know we do. It's closing soon. Um, it's mega. It was amazing. It was wet, but I loved it. I loved it. See you at True next year, everybody. Hopefully so. Right, okay, a tech, bit talk. Of tech talk. So, interestingly enough, John Rahm. Um, Here you go. By the way, here's some tech talk for you. Sorry to interrupt. A lot of players were putting in the Aerojet 3 wood. Matt Fitzpatrick. Mm. Justin Rose. Interesting. Uses the driver and irons. <laughs> Not Aerojet irons, but Cobra irons. Go on, Cobra. Apparently, there's a lot of people now putting the Aerojet 3 wood in. Mad. Mad. Um, that's good, though. Well, that's Cobra. because they've got a Because Ricky Fowler's up, up there now. Yeah, but maybe. Maybe, honestly, that has something to do with it. Like, obviously, yeah. he's performing. Oh, you know, I'll have a go with that if you're playing well. But also, I think they've got a tour truck presence on the European tour now. Yeah, Whereas they've never, ever had that before. So... You change the perception of being, oh, you know what, I'll, go, I'll give that a go. Oh, okay, we'll try and get you in it. We'll work with you to try and get it to work. And yeah. You have that ability to do that, whereas before you've never, ever had that. No. So. And on clubs, John Rahm has secured a long-term partnership with Callaway. So he first signed his first deal in 2021. Um, he's got a full bag. And then he's also part of the new deal. We'll see Rahm rewarded with an equity position in top golf Callaway brands. So we get, it's a bit like Michael Jordan, isn't it? Mm. So this is sort of a statement decision that clearly demonstrates his commitment and confidence in the brand. And why would he not be confident in the brand? He won the bloody Masters this year. He's earned a ton of money. He's the Odyssey putter all the time. Yeah. I mean... He is not... He is this not is setting a precedence, though, for other players to get equity stakes in companies. I didn't realise Callaway just bought Top Golf as well. So they're seriously strengthening their position in the golf market. So now time for tip of the week, guys. If you are enjoying this pod, by the way, this is a reminder that this pod is brought to you by Scottsdale Golf. Um, if you want to get same-day custom fitting, so that's literally walk in, get fitted, after you've booked, leave the same day, visit www.scottsdalegolf.co.uk. And I just want to say, by the way, the Island Green yeah. was went down an absolute storm. It was a pleasure to be on that bloody stage with Good Good. It was bloody brilliant. I know I mentioned it in last week's pod, but it was absolutely mega um, also, guys, let's go with tip of the week now before we do finish. And we're not going to go with what you think. We did a bit of a uh, into the wind one last week because it's a bit of an open special. We're going to go with a putting one. Ooh. Brian Harmon style. So he says right now he's found out this old weird mirror that gets him to feel a bit more of an arc to his stroke. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people try and feel the putter work straight back, straight through. They almost like feel like they can come a- across the putter a little bit yeah. and sort of put a bit of slice on it. Um, so what I want you to do is put your club down aim your club down so it's the ball to start so it's left to right a little bit left the whole right to left aim it a little bit right and then just put a tee peg put your ball club down so it's literally flush almost up against the club then your ball in the middle of the putter tee peg on level with the club face and you're trying to just work the putter in the tee side tee peg inside and not hitting the club on the outside and not hitting the tee peg It'll help train strike. It'll help train while you're aiming and essentially just help build some confidence in your putting stroke. Yeah. So, guys, thanks and for listening. Sorry, Whoa. before we finish that, be honest with yourself. When was the last time you practiced your putting? Never. Because I'll be honest with you. 
Never. Yeah. I'm, I'm, the I practice did, I do for putting is about three or four putts before a round. I really needed some practice. Me and Josh were playing B- Andrew Beef's golf day, which we've not mentioned actually. We haven't part. mentioned that. Um, we're playing that on Thursday. So it's down at Middlesex Golf Club, yes. um, which is an early start. We're going to play uh, 18 holes. We're going to do a bit of film in there. Um, it's going to be a great day, and we'll obviously report back on this next week. Um, but guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to pass the pod. Don't forget to check out everything that we're doing here on Back Nine. This is the Back Nine pod. Um, But we also have Back Nine films over on YouTube if you want to get some more video style content. And we look forward to either you listening to us next week or visiting um, Back Nine films on YouTube. Do both. Why not? (laughs) Thanks for listening. See you next week.